the free for all roundtable round two all right and on round two it's the holidays so this of course is when we do wonder who's going to show up for these round tables well we got two wonderful guests for this so let's call it a triangle table for this one montreal radio commentator and legacy dawson and mayor of burlington marianne mead ward good morning Morning. Morning. All right, let's talk about what's going on at Pearson. We've got travel delays, luggage loss, travelers stranded. Uh, the, travel in, the travel industry is just a complete mess. Uh, and like I say, Dawson, we can start with you. Uh, you know, people are going to be placing blame. If you were stranded right now or lost your luggage, where would you be put, pointing fingers? Oh, boy. Well, a friend of ours took almost a week to get from Vancouver to Montreal because of the snow conditions in Vancouver. So I really sympathize with the people waiting around at Pearson. The thing is, I never travel at this time of year by air, partly because we it is Canada and the climate is against us. It's, you know, there's always going to be problems at some point at some place across the country. But I do think that in general, customer service has really tanked, um, partly because of the pandemic. But even before the pandemic, like the you know the staffing to deal with unhappy clients and address their concerns properly is all has really declined in the last I don't know ten years or so, maybe more. And I, I so I'm not surprised, but I really do think that it's the you know it's incumbent on the airlines and the staff at the airports to do something about finding ways to accommodate people who, you know, are stuck there for days on end in certain cases. Like, I I don't really know what the answer is, but I do think that customer service and an understanding of what's required to provide minimal amenities to people who've paid good money to go places. And maybe, um, I'm not sure exactly, certain caveats or something so that people are not, you know, it, I think it's a little bit unreal. Like here in Montreal, I'm looking out the window, It's snowing again. There's been three to four feet just north of Montreal. Like, it's Canada, people. So there's partly that, and then there's bad customer service. Just, like, disrespect... For, for customers. Yeah, it just seems like there is that. Uh, and Marianne Mead Ward, it just feels like we're hearing about so many more of these delays now. And maybe that's because social media is so much more present and people have a, a, so much more of a voice now and you can get messages out there. But uh, I mean, I don't recall seeing Pearson like this uh, when I was growing up, even on the news. I think we've we've actually been here before. Uh, I do recall uh, throughout my early years when friends were jetting off to hot places uh, in in the winter, and and my family lived in North Dakota uh, and and Fargo. <laughs> so the last time I traveled by air in the winter, yeah, imagine that. I, I traveled uh, over Christmas to Fargo, North Dakota. And um, I was driving on snow-covered roads. They were closing roads behind me, closing access points to the highway behind me as I was trying to get back to Minneapolis to fly out and, and get home. And I swore as I was doing that, passing cars in the ditch, that I uh, would never travel again uh, in winter, especially not to a cold place. But, but as we've seen, uh, you can get to a hot place. You may not be able to get home. And I think the... The comment that stood out to me the most from one of the uh, the people who were stranded is there's no plan B mm-hmm. uh, and and yeah. there has to be a duty of care. And, you know, winter comes around like clockwork every year. 
So it is actually quite shocking to me that airlines don't have a plan, that people were not given good information, were not given travel vouchers, were not given hotel vouchers. It is absolutely unacceptable that people had to spend the night on the floor and that there were days of, of not getting any communication. So, uh, you know, heads should roll at some of the airlines that, that, that really did not exercise a duty of care to the passengers that they were obligated to. All right. Bob Reed found himself into the conversation now. And appropriately enough, you know, the man behind touchdowns and fumbles. And Bob, let's bring you in on this because this is clearly a fumble with all of these travel delays. But who who has dropped the ball or how many balls are we playing with here, Bob? Well, you know, there, there are so many dimensions to this, and I, I feel tremendously for anybody who's, who's stuck uh, or who wasn't able to get to where they're trying to go or who are still looking for their luggage. But it does beg the natural question, and it was touched on just a, just a second ago. Uh, winter is not new. Mm-hmm. Air travel, mm-hmm. pretty well established. And so how is it that when, you know, nature conspires against, there doesn't seem to be that plan B? There doesn't seem to be a, okay, we're in this situation, now we launch this protocol, we know how to deal with this, and at least minimize the chaos. I mean, you, 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 can't, you can't fight Mother Nature and win. Winter storms are unpredictable by their very nature, and so sure, things are going to go sideways, but to the degree that they seem to have gone uh, leaves a lot of very legitimate questions that need some accounting for. Lots of fumbles happening. All right, let's move along to uh, inflation, recession, fears, top of mind for Canadians in 2023. Um, You know, we just had on Neil Hetherington from the Daily Bread Food Bank who says uh, there's more people being served by Daily Bread than ever. And I'll start with you with uh, Marianne Mead Ward with this because each week, you know, we hear from Robin Bailey out in Halton region from the Burlington Food Bank who says that his service and their service is being used at an all-time high with Burlington residents as well. Inflation is only going to make this worse. We've seen it in 2022. I don't see any signs of it stopping in 2023. Do you? No, food prices have skyrocketed and we were also seeing increases in interest rates and that's really going to hit people who are over mortgaged and that's almost everyone. You know, housing uh, is the biggest crisis that we have nationwide. Uh, People are homeless. People are you know, one or two paychecks away from bankruptcy because a uh, recent study I saw, 80% of income is going to pay debt and mortgage. And there's very little left over for any increases to any costs and food being being the biggest one. And so there, you know, there, there really does need to be a, uh, a concerted effort to Uh, make sure that people are not left behind. And we have seen here in Burlington, people who have never used a food bank in their life now regularly having to use a food bank because they simply can't afford the increases in the cost of food. And, you know, thank goodness the food banks are there, but it's a real uh, black mark, I think, that they have to exist at all. We're a wealthy country, but the wealth is not distributed equally. And Legacy Dawson, let's go to you on this one. Um, You know, uh, fear of recession is out there. That's one of the things that Canadians are very worried about for 2023. Is it inevitable? Well, no, I don't think it's inevitable. I mean, you know, I think part of the problem is you've seen in the business pages of the Globe and Mail, the staggering profits being made by the grocery chains and certain companies, the, the expansion of inequality 
just as my co-panelists mentioned, like the, the numbers of people who have fallen below what would be considered a middle-class income has gone way up, partly because of the pandemic, but also partly because we're not taxing corporations in the way that we used to. They're not paying their fair share. We're not able to redistribute some of that wealth to people who really need it. And as a result, people are going to food banks. And I'll tell you, the food banks that I'm familiar with, I volunteer at one, we're, we're not getting the donations we used to. We can't provide stuff to people, just basic stuff, basic nutrition, green vegetables. The, the kinds of donations that are being given to people are not very good. So there's going to be health problems for people on lower incomes. Never mind the mental, you know, the stress that causes all kinds of other, you know, behavioral issues. So there has to be uh, a really serious rethinking of how we've organized the society and the social programs that we use to keep for people from falling through the cracks. Like there's been speculative pricing going on right like that you know there's mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 not just inflation from the, the interest rates it's inflation from profit grabs like i don't have to tell you, you've been to the grocery store you've seen things double in price there's you know it's true gas prices went up but there's no real explanation for that except flat out greed and i'm not you know i'm not i'm looking at you gail and weston for example so i you know i think something needs to be this has to be thought through and there needs to be a better taxation policy policy because people are getting restive and they need to see their political leadership doing something concrete about this, not just, you know, wringing their hands. All right, Bob Reed, let's go to you for this. Uh, And dare I ask if there's a chance of a company scoring to go along with your uh, regular gimmick, a touchdown in this economy by actually being a difference maker and leading the way here? Well, I would like to see it in the the area that uh, that that both the ladies have mentioned, and that is grocery prices. Um, there seems to be a disconnect here that the the profit levels in the grocery chains have not only maintained they've gone up over this last Way year up. in this in this period of mm-hmm. of hyperinflation so how is it then if the profits are growing how is it that none of the major grocery stores are really trying to make a difference by undercutting their competition and saying, hey, we're dropping our prices significantly because we're able to do that. Like the the market forces that should be prevailing, the competitive market forces that should be prevailing don't seem to be working right. And I think that's why legitimately uh, the competition board is saying, yeah, we're going to look into this grocery business because things aren't working the way they should. All right, let's end on something uh, a little bit light here with the last couple of minutes. Uh, the Associated Press has said the slap, as in uh, what Will Smith did to Chris Rock, is the pop culture moment of the year. Uh, did anything stick out more to you than that slap? Because to me, it wasn't only the slap. It was the implications of Will Smith's career beyond that. And like I say, Dawson, let's start with you on this. Anything else in pop culture other than the slap? Well, I would include the uh, World Cup of Soccer. Like, I I watched that. I'm not a big sports fan, but I thought it was pretty unbelievable to watch these countries, former colonies, rise up against the colonizing countries. And the playing is so graceful and 
Anyway, I just loved the, the soccer stuff. I didn't love the fact that it was in Cotter, a terrible mm-hmm. country. But I did love the the international interest in this sport. Like everybody, every country that has a flat space and a ball, people can play soccer. Just which more, more attention was played to the women because they're also unbelievable athletes. So for me, that was like a nice highlight in the last couple of months. And meanwhile, I'm scrambling around trying to get by just like everybody else. So it's nice to be able to look up at that and then just enjoy the holiday break, which we're all on. Bob Reed, 20 seconds. Pop culture moment of the year? I'd go with the slap. It was the thing everybody was talking about, and it raised a whole bunch of related issues in terms of uh, where is the line in comedy? When does a joke go too far? How does Will Smith rehabilitate his uh, his reputation? Not the way he's tried so far, by the way. And Marianne Meanward, you get the last say on this, and let's put things aside. Aside from Halton News signing that brilliant new anchor, aside from that, uh, what might you say be the pop culture moment of the year? I got to go with the slap, too. And it also revealed significant racial divide, how uh, largely people in the white community responded with shock and horror. And this is terrible, Uh, you know, while perhaps acknowledging, as Bob said, that the joke went too far and people uh, in in the black community saying he was he was sticking up for his wife. And and that's good. We need more of that. Uh, You know, maybe shouldn't have hit a guy, but was, you know, Everything up to that moment was uh, was lauded. So it uh, it really, as Bob said, had uh, multiple prongs to this. It was more than just a slap. Marianne Mead Ward and Legacy Dawson Bob Reed. Thank you very much. Back tomorrow at six a.m. Agnew in for more on News Talk ten ten. Catch the roundtable round one at seven forty five, round two at eight forty five. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning News Talk ten ten Toronto.